Right, here we are, back down at the wine cellar on that busiest of times at the run-up to Christmas. It's when everyone's thoughts, I say everyone, mine I suppose, and hopefully everyone else's, turns to the big day and then you're often thinking about what you're going to have with your turkey dinner, whatever it might be, all those sort of things, which we're going to come to in a moment. But uh, the man himself, JJ, is with us down here at the wine cellar today. It's been a a rough old time in the wine trade of late. I think everyone's been more than aware of the problems that Brexit have been causing, but there's been other issues floating around as well when it comes to actually bringing the wine in that we're able to buy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think historically everyone's always thought, you know, the harvest of wine was what, you know, what drives the price uh, that we see on the shelf, but there's so much more to it. There's, you know, obviously duty everyone's aware of. A A lot of that money in that bottle of wine goes to the government, whether it's on VAT or the duty side. And the harvest obviously are impacting. You know, we had New Zealand recently um, and France and Burgundy, I think, is at a real tough time last year with the frost. But um, it's a lot more than that. You know, COVID, you know, that, that dreaded word. You know, we saw a lot of challenges around that, around the logistics, the shipping, you know, China locking down the ports. By the time we see that bottle on the shelves, there's a lot of things impacting it. And another thing which some people might not think of, and I must admit, I hadn't really factored it in until quite recently. I'd heard about things like sort of cork issues uh, and then we'd had things we'd spoken again with Chris and the boys before about things like Stelvin closures and putting screw caps on but actually the bottles themselves I mean there is a cost and uh, to the actual glass bottle that people sort of expect to see their wine in. Yeah I mean glass has been a real challenge you know dry goods across the board whether it's cardboard or, or glass etc in the closures but but glass in particular at the minute is really driving some both some cost and challenge because for a number of reasons actually I mean firstly Ukraine, you know, the war in Ukraine, you know, people don't realise that things like that impact, you know, where we're getting the closures from, where we're getting glass bottles from, the energy prices. So those those glass factories are using a hell of a lot of energy now. And the cost of that is then driving up through. I suppose the other interesting thing about bottles of wine is, you know, there's different shapes. Everyone's aware of different shapes and different colours. But with the shortage of glasses, do we want to change the shape of the bottle? They're holding up wine production to meet the standards they want, like rosé, you don't really want it in a dark bottle. Um, so they then have to wait for the clear glass to be available. So yeah, glass is a real problem. And it is a lot about image when we're talking about wine and glass. I mean, it sounds a bit daft because in theory, I assume you could put the wine into another container, not glass, be it plastic or be it cardboard. And of course you can get boxes of wine. But is it, is it just all about the image and what people expect a good wine to be in? If they're going to spend a reasonable amount on a really nice wine, a nice Burgundy or a nice Bordeaux or something, they don't expect it to be, say, in a box. Yeah, no, I, th- I think there's definitely a perception of that. Um, I know personally, I'd, I'd much rather drink it out of, out of, well, not out of the bottle, shall we say, but, <laughs> but, but from a bottle. Um, but yeah, the, you can actually now get some reasonably good wines in boxes. We don't currently carry any, but there's certainly an option there. I mean, cans as well. Canned wine's a, a new thing. Um, and again, it works. Yeah. People actually, are they going for canned wine? I confess, I have, I've seen the canned wine. I haven't tried it yet. It sort of just doesn't sound right. If any, has anyone sort of gone for that yet? Is it beginning to move? It certainly is in the UK and elsewhere. I think even South Africa and others are actually, you know, on that train. But, you know, we, we've tried a few here and mixed reaction. You know, everything that we sell in the shop is one of the, the beauties of our job is we try before we, we sell. So... You know, we want to make sure we offer value to the customer. And, and yeah, we've tried some canned wines. We've not taken those on. But in the future, I think that there is an opportunity. Um, if you think about picnics and, you know, other events. It's that time of picnics, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a maybe next summer you might see some cans on our shelf. I don't know. 
Chris is here as well. Of course, we've been tasting a few wines over the last month or two. Do the people still want to get their wine in a nice bottle? Uh, yeah, I think uh, for, for a lot of people, certainly um, the, the sort of visual impact of a wine and uh, the, the way it looks is very, very important to them. Certainly, I mean, if you look at rosé as a segment, for example, uh, most of us know Provence rosé and there's, there's a wide variety of bottle shapes and designs and all that kind of thing coming out um, these days. You, you think of the swear word whispering angel um, <laughs> and how pretty that bottle is and whatever and um you know pe- people go for it on the look and and the name of course as well so yeah people are definitely they drink with their eyes before they actually taste this, the, the product as such and there's also still i suppose that procedure of, of the uncorking again we've spoken about this briefly before but people still quite like it's it's almost like filling a pipe with tobacco or something isn't it it's that sort of it's that traditional ritual of uncorking the bottle Absolutely. At, at the end of the day, we are all habitual people um, and we like our little processes and all that kind of thing, um, our reward procedures, all that sort of thing. So certainly the sound of uncorking a bottle and going through the process of it, it's almost like the modern equivalent of fire, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> You need a bottle to uncork. There are plenty of bottles down here which you can come and uncork down at the wine cellar. It is on the big run-up, as we say, towards Christmas. And as usual, uh, this is the place to go and this is the place to come and get your special offers. So talk us through some of the um, highlights for the festive run-up then, JJ, because there's always sorts, basically anything you fancy, you'll find something here and you'll find a special offer as well, probably. Yeah, I know. I mean, I started this chat around all the challenges we have in the market and why we're seeing prices go up. But actually, yet again, we've we've managed to come up with a great selection of wines for for Christmas and and passing on some of our negotiated deals onto, onto all the customers here on the Isle of Man. So, um, you know, for as little as £40, we've got a handful of different wines um, for six, six bottles for £40. Pounds. Um, a really, really cracking French uh, blend, but also some Chile, Chilean wines. And, you know, Chile's a, an interesting area because that, again, with the FX rate in US dollars, is going to be going up next year. You, you might not be seeing it on all the house wines in, in the restaurants next year. And that's an, another challenge. But this Christmas at £40 pounds for six bottles, there's some, some cracking, cracking wines there. <laughs> and the Chilean wines, again, we've been speaking about those briefly. They have been cracking value of late, and the, and the quality of wines there just seems to get better and better. Yeah, no, it really does. I mean, we've, we've got a few from Chile on. Um, even, even the Reserva range at £45 for six is, is superb. And you can mix and match. So you can have, you know, your Cabernet Sauvignon, your Sauvignon Blancs, um, Carmenere's, you know, great with a little bit of spice, spicy notes, and, you know, with your Indian meals or, or others. Um but they're moving on. You know, we obviously like, we're going to talk about Christmas in, in a minute, but, you know, Fleury's and Burgundy's, you know, good matching. So we, we've got those on the offer sheets as well. Uh, you know, equivalent of £12.50 a bottle. Absolutely superb value. Um, New Zealand Sauvignon, you know, it's still a firm favour amongst the customers. You know, again, that's on offer at 6 for 60 which is, which is a great wine. You know, 13 95 normally retail. Champagne, Carver, Carver's back. You know, I say, well, you've got a bubbly. Surely everyone has some bubbly at some stage of a Christmas. Yeah, so so we actually interestingly, so the first Christmas we've not promoted prosecco uh, for a number of reasons, but we wanted to show show off Carver. Um, it's absolutely again great value, fifty five pound for six bottles. So you're less than a ten of a bottle. Then yeah, champagne. We've got an, a superb one on at twenty pounds. I mean that. I don't know how we've done it, but that's that's superb value if you want to go into the champagne route. Uh, we've even got a Premier crew from from Gremier at thirty two ninety five, I think it is. Mm. Limited stock of that, but yeah, we've got something to suit everyone here. 
Get in there if you want to get that Grammy for the big date. Could be the one for Christmas, maybe. Uh, Chris, as the uh, JJ was just mentioning there, the Prosecco's been so in of late. Do you reckon, just thinking outside the box a bit, has the, uh, if you'll excuse the pun, the Prosecco bubble burst? Are people thinking now more carvers, other sparkling wines, or going for great value champagnes? I think people are firstly starting to become a lot more aware of the differences between um, sort of Prosecco and, and traditional method fizz like carver. Whether, I mean, I've always had the sort of view of if it's easy to say, people are going to drink it. Um, and for some reason, Prosecco is easier to sort of say and understand than Carver. I, I think Carver also kind of suffered a little bit a few years back from uh, sort of a reputation for being a bit lower quality kind of thing. Personally, I think it's the other way around. I think you get some extremely good quality Carver for not bad pricing at all, like JJ um, alluded to. We've got a, a, a good stack in the shop, um, at six bottles for £55. And when, when we tried it before we took it on, the lot of us turned around to each other and said, wow, that, you know, for the money, bob on. And, you know, we're, we're all sort of wine insiders. So a lot of us are carver drinkers over Prosecco anyway. But I think certainly, you know, at this kind of level, there's no harm in trying a bottle and comparing it to a Prosecco if that's what you normally drink and just you know having that little experiment and seeing you know would you prefer something with that bit more flavor and that slightly different flavor profile to it with um you know a bit more kind of craft going into it I'm not saying there's no craft goes into Prosecco at all I'm just saying it it's a nice different style to awaken the palate again I suppose and any of the special offers that really caught your eye because JJ's been highlighting some of those of people coming in and wanting maybe like I said to get A great value and B you know a collection so they don't have to think too much themselves they can just come in and get the one package uh, there are some unbelievable things on actually um, we had a lot of fun kind of pulling all this together to be honest um, particular standout standouts for me we've got a very very good uh, Chenin Blanc uh, from South Africa, which is in the sort of six for 60 range. Um, that's normally about 13, 14 quid a bottle. And that is lovely bit of barrel fermentation to it. That, like that is the kind of thing that screams roast turkey to me. So yeah, that, that's definitely one to look out for. Um, also some of the Italian stuff. So we brought in a really funky um, sort of Paso uh, style called Urban Park, um, which is very similar to like your kind of Valpolicella. Uh, sort of style of wine um, which is easily a crowd pleaser for people so yeah if you like that little bit of kind of rich warmth in your in your wines with that sort of sweetness in your reds very good one to go for there um, then at the you know the slightly higher end as well as JJ said we've got a trio of French wines actually Beaujolais um, a Macon and a uh, Bordeaux in there uh, six for 75 all of which are well extremely good at that money to be fair and then at the sort of higher end of it as well, we've got a beautiful Chablis coming in. Um, that's on the shelves already, actually. One of my absolute favourite Riojas of all time, so the Valenciso Reserva, um, which, if you're a Rioja fan, it's it kind of takes you away from the norm a little bit because they are uh, using uh, French oak in that rather than any American oak or anything like that. So it's a much kind of softer, more varietally expressive mm. Rioja, if you will. Um, 100% Tempranillo in that as well. And also uh, Amarone at 20 quid as well, basically, um, which is bob on. Cracking value for an Amarone. Absolutely. So, yeah, and not just that, but there's a whole range of ports we've got special pricing on. uh, And the stuff that really, really excites me is um, all your spirits as well, um, which I'm sure we'll, we'll... get back onto in a bit. 
I was going to move on to the, the big day itself because, again, the other thing that people always think about, I guess, at this time of the year, whether they're, whether they're regular wine drinkers or maybe the sort who just drink wine on a special occasion or spirits or bubbly or whatever the case may be, is that pairing of <coughs> wines with food. So um, who wants to start this one? Then, JJ, it, what, what sort of ideas would you have then of people are coming in and saying, oh, I want something for, you know, for around Christmas, for maybe Christmas Day, maybe for Boxing Day, maybe for New Year or something? But putting it with the food. Well, I mean, Chris recommended the Shedding. The Shedding is superb. But I mean, the the other, I don't know, people do like typically is, is a nice burgundy white with the turkey as well. So, you know, the, the Illumina from, from burgundy. Um, you know, even, even if you want to splash out that shabby, Chris just said, it's £20, but it's absolutely superb. Really, really good value. Really good quality shabby. Another region that was hit, you see, you know, so so, so stock levels and, and quantities are down. So it's it's great to have that opportunity to, to have that. Um, I think on on the reds again, you could look burgundy. You can go the Pinot Noir route, or I don't know, maybe even a claret. You know, to have some, something a little bit different, a um, bit more full bodied. Yeah, I mean the Le Grand May we bought back. We used to we used to stock that a number of years ago, and, and it's it's absolutely superb wine. Um, so it's glad to see that one um, one back on offer. And then thinking about. I suppose the age-old question of people coming in, if they're coming in Christmas and saying, right, well, yeah, I'm going down the turkey route today. Not everyone does anymore, of course, on Christmas Day. What do I have with it? Should I just go for a white? Should I go for a red? Or is it, do you think, just down to individual choice these days? There is no right or wrong, to be honest. You can have, you, well, you can have red with the turkey if you want. Personally, I would suggest going on, on the lighter side of things. So whether you, you, you're plump for our lovely Fleury that we've got on offer, 6 for 75, um, or something like the Pinot Noirs as well. I mean, just because it's Christmas dinner doesn't mean you have to spend, you know, the most money. Uh, we've got a really nice Southern French Pinot Noir on uh, for sort of, ooh, about eight quid a bottle, um, which is very, very good and would work perfectly with that kind of thing. Um, also, some of your younger Riojas and stuff like that will work really nicely. Even some of the Chilean Cabernets and things like that, where they've got a bit more fruit to them, um, would, would be absolutely fine with it. At the end of the day, and I'm sure we've touched on this before, Howard, it, it's it's subjective mm. at the end of the day. Okay. Um, so, you know, m- myself and the team are all here to, to certainly help and guide and find out what flavours, um, y- you know, you personally enjoy. And we'll always do our best to pair it with the food you're having as well. Um, but yeah, we, we can do everything from the the common choices to the slightly off the wall stuff. And um, you know, if you've got that real interest in it, we'll we'll always spend the time with you as well to to get you the perfect wine for your perfect Christmas dinner. Later on in the day, so you've had your, maybe you've had your uh, your carver. You might have had a, a nice. See, I'm a sucker for sherry beforehand. I think there's also nice sherries here as well. I do really enjoy a glass of sherry around. Well. More than one glass, probably. I'll show you around about Christmas, but a nice Manthanier or something like that is really lovely. But also, thinking about, you mentioned spirits before there again, some really nice digestives maybe for later in the day or after the meal or something, sort of a, a great range of spirits. Any good recommendations there? Well, just just before we hit the spirits, which I'll hand over to Chris, it's his forte, I'm afraid. But uh, <laughs> on the port side, you know, we, we've got port starting at under £12, you know, 11.75 for a great LBV. But actually the new new one that Ian uh, from Forward and Vintners has, has brought out, actually I think I'll be having this Christmas, MAP. Okay. Manx Apple Port. Absolutely superb, it really is. So I think that's a great alternative with your cheese, you know, your cheese board after. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's going to be on, on my dinner table. And it's okay. supporting local too, which is, which is great. Terrific. And uh, can't go wrong with a glass of port. So port, spirits, both. <coughs> Well, <laughs> where do you start and end? Um, 
Always love a good, good drop of port and Madeira as well, to be fair. Always have a glass of Madeira on Christmas. Um, but yeah, as JJ quite rightly said, uh, spirits really sort of get me excited, particularly around uh, this sort of time of the year. And we've been working really hard this year on uh, upping um, both the quality um, and, and selection of our spirits offering as well. So we've uh, we've just brought in a whole bunch of rums from uh, St. Lucia and Mauritius, uh, particularly some really funky ones, Um beach house actually from mauritius which are kind of designed to take on the gnt market a bit so i think spice drum um and tonic it's absolutely beautiful um very much a a very nice sort of palate cleanser after you after your uh, christmas dinner there um but for me i'm i'm a bit of a, a classical kind of guy when it comes to christmas um so after me dinner i will no doubt be sat down with a lovely uh armagnac no, we don't. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I think I've got my eyes on a 20-year-old Baron de Sigignac, which we've done for many a year, and it's just an absolutely superb way to end a meal. Um, but, I mean, I could rave about one product, but we've got, what, 350, 400-odd spirits in store these days. Um, there is literally something for everyone. We love nothing more than, you know, again, trying to guide you to the, the right kind of thing for yourself. Yeah, getting you something that you're really going to enjoy on a special day like Christmas. A bit of a curveball then. So if people come in and I'm thinking, you know, sometimes they say Christmas pudding, say you know, a nice Christmas pudding, and they think, I want something a bit different to have a Christmas pudding. Now, I quite often used to have a, you know, a sweet wine, and then uh, I'd have that Pedro Jimenez sherry, which go, it's like liquid Christmas pudding. It's fantastic. And then one year, someone down here, I can't remember who, said, have you tried plum sake with the Christmas pudding, which was uh, fantastic. Any, If someone wanted something a bit off the beaten track, maybe say with their Christmas pudding, any recommendations you're in? Absolutely. My go-to this year for Christmas pudding, now I'm not actually a big fan of it myself, Christmas pudding, not the drink. Uh, <laughs> you just have the drink without the pudding. My, my absolute go-to drink for Christmas pudding this year would be a Uruguayan dessert wine. Um, that we normally have in stock, and I, I think we've got some coming back in. Just arrived. Um, today. Just arrived, yeah. Uh, called Alcyon, and it's made from uh, the Tanat grape variety, so healthiest grape variety for you, just what you need on Christmas. Um, and it, it's a dessert wine made in two very distinct um, winemaking uh, sort, sort of styles. So one of them being uh, the same way you make masala, basically. So um, it's essentially making a fortified wine so adding a neutral grape spirit to it to uh, up the abv there um the other way is uh barolo uh, Ginato, which is essentially kind of infusing a wine with herbs and spices and uh, that sort of thing then they do the blending of it um together to get the finished product and essentially what you end up with is i i can best describe it as tiramisu in a glass I'm liking it already. But it is just unreal. And everyone who has ever tried it, I've not met a single person who hasn't loved it so far. And we've been stocking it for a few years. Um, so, yeah, I thoroughly recommend Alcyon for your uh, Christmas pudding this year. That sounds pretty good. JJ, recommendations? Are you going with your port with your pudding or you're not a pudding man at all? Uh, I'm not going to top Chris's. He's right. Every time we've shown that Alcyon, Everyone has loved it, and I'd you know, be more than happy to recommend that to anyone. Absolutely superb. Sounds good enough. I think there is pretty much something for everyone, something for every occasion. doesn't matter whether you're after a spirit or a sherry or a bubbly or you know, an armagnac, which is one of my favourites. On the actual big day, so we've, uh, we've heard, yeah, JJ's going for the poor, but possibly the Chablis being mentioned as well. So um, last question, I think, for you then. 
will he be sitting down with turkey or something different on the big day? You know, pheasant or a turkey breast or maybe a goose or something. And what will he be drinking with it? We're, we're not that fancy. So we're, we're sticking to turkey, I'm afraid. You know, we, we close at five o'clock on Christmas Eve. So there's not a lot of planning time for us and got the whole family around. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing turkey this year. I haven't chosen yet, oh, okay. but I think I will be having Chablis, I think. And I'll definitely, like I said, I'll be finishing with my uh, my map with my cheese. Looking forward to that already, actually. Yep, um, I'm with you there. That sounds pretty good. We know you'll be having your Armagnac to finish off. What you reckon? Or you might be having your uh, your pudding wine there as well, which sounds good. Or what are you going to have with the main event? I've got a confession to make. I've never had turkey at Christmas. <laughs> we we Growing up, we always had something different every year. I think my favourite one was when we had lobster. Just, just lobster. Another thought, of course... In the run-up to Christmas, lots of people looking for not necessarily just drinks for themselves and the family, but maybe gifts for others. And, of course, the ubiquitous Secret Santa. It's always impossible. Uh, <laughs> but who doesn't like maybe something they could enjoy drinking at some stage around the festive period? So some sort of gifty packs, things like the beers as well. There's the, there's the boutique beers as well, which have been going really well. Yeah, so on the beer front, the Rat Round Corner Brewery, it's only been going for about... Uh, three or four years I think it was around COVID they, they set up and they were over actually showing showing their beers recently and um, that's, that's just come in so we've done some nice six packs with them we've got gift packs with with beanies you know, going a bit out there so something to keep your head warm in these cold days um, but you know away from beer we've got little port packs we've got rum packs we've got gin packs um, whiskey we've got all, all kinds of secret Santa-esque you know gifts you know ranging from sub 10 pounds upwards um, so it can can fit for anyone's Secret Santa budget. Perfect. Anything on your end that you've been there on the gifty pack front, Chris? Um, well, there's some fairly funky little uh, sort of um, bottle and glass packs coming in. Um, I think we've got a bit of Irish whiskey coming in like that. Mm-hmm. Gin as well. Uh, some beautiful gift packs coming in from Aitlands uh, Distillery. Um, so they, they're a Speyside distillery um, who, interestingly, don't do any whiskey, but they do... Uh, certainly one of my absolute favourite gins of all time, my hands-down favourite vodka of all time, and my second favourite. And we are just about to get um, some slow gin from them as well, which is, well, we are going to be the only place in the British Isles selling it other than the distillery. Um, Very limited, but it is unreal stuff. Uh, So very excited for that to come in. Not in a gift pack, but it's good enough to be a gift, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, um, all sorts of funky little things coming in, definitely. Thank you.